Welcome to the Canacut Podcast. We hope you'll be encouraged to have an I'm Third approach as you navigate marriage, family, leadership, and spiritual growth. If you're new to our conversation, welcome. It's so great to have you. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Canacuck Podcast. My name is Shay Robbins, and I am here with my teammate, co-host, and president of Canacuck Camps, Joe White. <laughs> Shay, thank you. Every time you say that, it makes me laugh. I, don't I know. know I like to go hard I don't, on the I don't know why. <laughs> hey, guys, today we're talking about leadership. Specifically, we're talking about a leader's number one asset. What is a leader's number one asset, you ask? Well, we have uh, brought in a Canacuck legend yeah. to help us unravel this riddle. Joe, you've got a lot of history with our guest. You want to give him an introduction? Yeah, Shay, I was just telling Ward before we, you know, we got on there, we're talking about leadership today, and Ward is one of the most highly respected leaders in Canacuck history, and certainly of this era. Agreed. His his staff adore him, and they want to, you know, they want to em- emulate him. And the kids at camp, Ward's really, really good with kids. And, you know, Ward's probably 75 or 82 now. I don't know how old. You know what? Are you 50? <laughs> how old are you? Ward, you still play basketball well. You, you ride still, dirt bikes. You're, yeah. What? How old are you? Came, came from the Paleozoic era, somewhere back in there. In the <laughs> you you got I'm getting creeping on 60. Uh, this may be 60 okay. He still summer. plays basketball really well. But, yeah, Shay, so, so Ward's been with us for several decades at Kennecuck. And I still remember the first time, I mean, I, tr- I tried to hire Ward twice, actually. I heard him once, and he said, yeah, I don't know. And it kind of hurt my feelings. I was like, wow, why do we want to work for Canic? Anyway, but but he knew he just needed some time to get ready for And then I asked him to be our safety officer. We were starting a very thorough safety and, and risk management protocol that my brother and I put together. And I, Ward, you got to come do this for us. Well, Ward is one of the nicest people you've ever met. I mean, he's just so kind and so gentle and sincere. And I, it could not have been a worse offer to, to, to be a more poor fit with somebody because of his empathetic heart. But anyway, he started off as safety officer, and now fortunately he's, you know, a camp director and a role model to all of us. But we're really thankful to have Ward Weeby on our broadcast today. No doubt. Ward, glad you're here, buddy. Well, that's a big introduction. Thanks, Shay, Joe. It's great to be here in the huddle with you guys. I got. I actually want to make the introduction even bigger, Joe. I got to tell you the story. <laughs> Let's go bigger. I got. I got to go even bigger on this. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who don't know, the Canacuck directors love to play basketball, and there's the age range is from probably 22 years old up to. About 60. And, uh, you know, generally we play old guys, young guys, and I happen to fall in the old guy category. But on this particular day, Ward and I were on opposite teams, which doesn't happen very often. But um, Ward could be my father if you were to do the math. And uh, I had the ball out on the arc and Ward was kind of up in my face and he was guarding me. And Joe, I put the ball to the ground and I smoked him. Like, I just, like, blew past him. You did not do no, that. No, I did. You're I bragging. blew past him. You're and I did. I just smoked him. I left him in my dust, and I have the clearest lane to go up and make this easy layup. And I go up for my layup, and out of nowhere, somehow, <laughs> Ward comes flying in. He swats my ball, which he could have done cleanly. But he added, and I know he decided this midair, he swats my ball, and then he gives me a midair chest bump that send me crashing to the ground. And I'm like, how did you make up that ground? Wow. It was unbelievable. Dirt bike racing. Ward, how did you do know. it? 
I don't know. Legend, legends always, there's always a, a bit of truth and there's some discernment when you start talking about legends and things that <laughs> this happen, is, but yeah, there's don't zero, disrespect zero. your elders. Oh, man. <laughs> it goes back to, back to the Pistons defense, something like that. Um, yeah. Ward, let's, let's jump into leadership. Let's um, do it. Why, you know, you, you know, you're a small town Kansas guy. You, um, you made the move to Canicut Camps and obviously Joe shared about that decision and, and you've been here ever since. Why, why have you decided to seed your family here and sink in deep roots at Canicut Camps? Well, that's a great question. And I'd say today, you know, number one, it's fun. Mm-hmm. That's, it fun. that's why I've stayed around so long. It's, this, is, this place is just incredibly, incredibly fun. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I think when I back up and just look at a, a kind of a 10,000-foot view of it, I, I just think it was God's timing. He was, he was writing this story, and he brought me to this place where I got to work with kids, and I never really knew how much I, I loved kids. It was so much fun. I didn't want to miss a, a moment with kids. And then this this chance to disciple, this chance to, to learn and grow in my own relationship with the Lord, the, the chance to pass along, uh, uh, you know, coaching skills to kids and learn. It, all the ingredients just seem to come together at the right time. Kids, fun, sports, discipleship, learning about how to walk with Jesus. Uh, it was just incredible. And, and I just, my, from the moment I stepped on property, I was telling Joe this story the other day. I didn't, I didn't want to miss anything. I didn't want to take any time off. And I've continued to invest here because I believe in things that are eternal. Missions are, are important to me. Words are important to me. You know, what Canacuck stands for and what we're doing here um, are so important to me because I want to invest in internal things. I want to invest uh, in the gospel, in the souls of men and women, and I want to invest in the Word of God and carrying that out in others. And those two things I know for sure are eternal. And so they're, they're worthy of our investment, and it's a fun place to do it. No place greater to do it, to get the tax. I'll show you one things. thing that's so interesting about Ward. Um, you know, he just told us he was 60 years old. Well, nobody believes it, for one thing. This is true. But what's, what's really, really awesome, and, and I know a lot of our listeners don't get to spend time at K-West with Ward, but I'll, I'll tell you what I have. And, you know, the, the more advanced he becomes in years, I don't want to say the older he gets. How does that sound? I like the, that. The more senior, uh, the better he gets at what he does. I mean, when he's on the basketball court with kids, they talk about basketball, especially with Ward Weeby. They want to be a part of that because they mm-hmm. love the guy. And then his staff just digging deeply into Ward and the wisdom that he shares in his talks and his friendship um, discipleship he makes with the uh, staff members. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious, Ward, how, how, you know, what's the secret, you know, of being 60 and still being a, you know, a junior high camp director and a college guy camp leader? What's the secret of making it richer and richer uh, the older you get? Uh, well, Joe, I I don't know. It's uh, it's sometimes it's humbling to think about the story that God writes in you and through you. It, it was God's plan to bring me here, and I'm I'm doing my best to be faithful to walk that out. And and it's just been a really fun journey to learn from Him. Um, I'm a big guy, uh, a big believer in in being faithful with what has been put right in front of you. And as we're obedient uh, and excellent with that, 
It just seems to perpetuate itself. It just seems to build on itself. And again, I just go back to, you know, first not really recognizing that I was, you know, that passionate about kids when the Lord opened that door and I was able to walk in and just start spending time with kids. I go, oh my gosh, this is the most fun thing on the planet. Mm. And uh, the more that you have the opportunity to do that, the more that you want to grow. And mm. over the seasons, you know, I'm a, I'm a, come from a small uh, Kansas farm town and I've seen wheat planted there plenty of times. And year after year, there's always a great wheat harvest. And so coming to camp year after year, it's fun to plant. It's fun to sow those seeds. It's fun to see God water them and honor them. Mm. And then it's fun to see men built particularly uh, junior high kids or, you know, my friends that, that have known me for a long time say, hey, what, are you still down there at Canica Camp? Are you still working there? And yes, sir, still working here. And like, do you, what age kids do you work with? Oh, work with junior high kids. How can you work with junior high kids for that long? <laughs> Nobody likes junior high kids that much. And I've said over the years, it's they're like wet concrete. You get them, you get them framed up in the right uh, area, and and you give them a great foundation to walk into those high school years and beyond. So it's that it's that payoff. It's seeing the mm. the golden wheat waving in the field mm. that you go, oh, this is sweet, mm. and mm. it's ripe for harvest, and you get to you get to be a part of watching God mm. take that harvest in. So it's fun being a farmer, it Shay, is. and it's even more fun being a camp director. <clears throat> So those are some ingredients I would say that Ward, if you ever wrote if you ever wrote a book, The Golden Wheat Waving in the Field, man, what a great visionary idea for anyone in leadership. You know, Shay, I <laughs> we're talking about leadership today and you know, Ward just nailed it. Uh, you, you know, my daddy told me, uh, Shay and Ward, years ago, I don't know if you know this, but I was like twenty three and I was directing our our boys camp. I don't know what I was doing, but but um but I loved it like crazy. I was like Ward. I just was nuts about working with high school kids. Uh, but but he said, you're only limited by your energy and your imagination. <laughs> Shay, I could have run through a brick wall. You know, that was him seeing the golden wheat waving in the field. And as, you know, as you and Ward and I are leading, you know, students and young um you know, when when we can see in them what they can't see in mm, themselves, and oh, Ward, wow. I'd love for you to comment on this. You know, if 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 we as as uh, as 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 uh, leaders of leaders, as we see in them what no coach, no parent, no teacher has ever seen in them, something that is just true. I mean, they can they can. It's not like you know you can be Superman. But if we can see the golden wheat waving in the field in a in a twelve year old, and he can begin to see that, and we speak it into him until mm. he believes it into himself, then we've done our job. Talk about visionary leadership development. You do it well. Oh my gosh, that's that's my passion. That's really what ignites the fire in in my heart is being able to see and discover, help others discover uh, what their God given talents are, and then to speak that truth into them and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and foster growth in those areas. Uh, I always believe in the illustration that I'm just a guy that's bringing wood to other people's fire. I just want to find out where the fire is that burns in a kid's heart or a counselor's heart or, 
you know, somebody that walks in our gates and figure out how, how do I bring wood to that fire mm. to help that burn brighter? Mm. And so there's a couple foundational principles, you know, where this is, this is four decades, not a couple. This is four, 40 years at Canacuck now and, and have so much more to learn about leadership. I was thinking about, you know, j- just leadership in general. And I have, st- I've learned tons, but still have so much to learn and eager to learn more. Uh, but in the area of seeing things in other people um, and helping them understand that uh, is, I think we start first in just how God has built them. You know, he, he, we're created in, in his, his workmanship. And going back to the truths of God's word and being able to help kids and staff and others figure out how God has designed them and what God says about them. And then, you know, you look at the spiritual gifts and and look at how God gives those things to us through his Holy Spirit and how he uniquely gifts us. And then he wires us, I believe, with personalities. Those are our personalities is a God-given thing. And uh, over the years, we've all, we've worked with thousands of kids and staff, and we begin to see very quickly those uh, those strengths and those giftings in kids. It just almost becomes natural um, to begin to see those. And I think it's something that as a leader, we can pray about. God, give us insight on how I can build this kid, how I can build this camper, how I can build... Uh, this staff member, and we begin to see those things, ask God to give us insight, and then we fan the flame and, and help those come to life in young leaders. And uh, there's nothing more exciting than, than getting someone to, to help, you know, figure those things out and, and boost them. And I, I'm, I'd add this in on that, just this train car to that thought of, uh, you know, what we get to do at camp when we speak the truths of, of character qualities over kids or mm-hmm. we speak things into their lives, those words are so important. I lit- you know, Proverbs, Solomon says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. We have the ability to speak life into others. I remember talking to a little boy named Zach probably 20 years ago, and we were sitting in the K West dining hall, and I said, Zach, what do you what do you, what do you like? What are your passions? Uh, and he goes, well, I want to be an astrophysicist. And I was like, I would have <laughs> never guessed that. Kind of maybe not a super athletic kid. And he had his little round glasses on, but I go, I bet you can design the shuttle that's going to, you know, go to the moon someday. You can do whatever you want to do. And and that's, I think, one of the things, you know, over the years as your leadership adds up, those stories come back mm-hmm. and the, those kids come back, staff comes back and said, hey, I don't remember if you even remember this conversation you had, but you said these things to me and it made all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. So I think time in the, in the leadership chair helps you see those things. I think you start with the word of God, how he's made us. You look at spiritual giftings, but you just, God, God makes each of us unique, gives us personalities, and we get to bring wood to the fire, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Ward, you know, we're speaking to leaders of all ages and in all different kinds of occupations. I mean, we're college students, business professionals, ministry professionals, mommies, daddies, uh, husbands, wives, and you know, we're making the point that a leader's number one asset is is people. Why why are people why sh- why do they deserve the top priority in regard to all the resources we have? Whether it's the bottom line, money, time, why people? Mm. 
Great and fair question. Well, uh, you know, number one, first for me, it, it was Jesus's game plan to, to pray and then go out, select and get men and get them around him. And, and he had his men be with him and he invested in those those people. And and there wasn't a plan B. That was his plan to reach the world and to build his church and to fulfill the Great Commission. And so I looked to the model of Jesus and how he led men. You know, I also look personally, uh, I was just taught uh, growing up in the Weeby household, I saw a dad that highly valued people. In fact, again, he was in public service for, for years and years and years, served in our local government um, of a small town and was a leader uh, at our local bank. Uh, but he would always tell me, uh, you know, Ward, our number one asset here in little itty bitty Hillsboro, Kansas our number one asset are, are our people. And the people of our community were great. I believe we had great leadership and we valued our people. So I saw it modeled from my dad that the importance of people. And um, at the end of his life, his, his life was a testimony to how he led and valued people. It was almost like a uh, it's a wonderful life. I, I, at his funeral, there were droves of people that came to me and said, nobody else knew this about your dad, but wow. when we were in a time of need, when we needed a loan from the bank, he gave us the money. He didn't charge us any interest. Uh, you know, I needed a job. He made a call and person after person came to me um, and, and shared stories about how my dad had loved them and valued them. And he never told any of us. He never, uh, being the mayor, he knew about everybody's business. And being the banker, he knew everybody's wallet. And he never said anything about anyone. And so he valued, highly, highly valued people. And when I came here to Kanakuk, I saw that. Quick story on that. Uh, Joe, you'll like this. One of the, I, I came here my first year. We had a couple camps probably four or 500 staff. I don't know, it was a K1, K2 staff. There wasn't even K-West yet. And I only knew one guy, Dave Rothkar, mm -hmm. and couldn't find him anywhere. He was from KU, and I just knew I knew one other guy but couldn't find him my first 24 hours here. But Spike, uh, your dad, pulled me aside, kind of saw me, you know, here's this young fledgling guy that had kind of a deer in his headlights look, and he said... I'm Spike White. Who are you? And I introduced myself to him and he said, come over here, Ward. This is my wife, Darnell. And he introduced me to Darnell and he made me feel valuable. Mm. And from the time um, that day forward, Spike and Darnell uh, never failed to value me or my wife or my family. You know, Darnell would always ask about not only how I was doing in my own boys, but she would ask about my extended family, my parents, my brothers. And so Spike and, and Darnell, uh, right out of the gate, gave me a valuable lesson at this piece of property that people matter here and people are valuable. And so I saw that modeled at home. I saw that modeled here at camp. And that's that's really part of a torch that I'll, I'll carry for as long as I'm on this planet. You know, Shay, I was thinking, uh, Ward's, a, Ward's a team guy. You know, he always brings credit to God and he brings credit to his team, Um uh, and obviously, as you're pointing out, Shay, you know, um, a leader's no greater than his team. If he's if he's really, truly honest with himself, a leader's no greater than his team. Now, he can sit there and take credit, 
but really there's no credit at all except to God and to the team. Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the Dallas Cowboy coaches wandered over, and he started helping us coach uh, out at the teenage camp, K2, where – and. Um, Wonderful guy. Well, he was coaching the line of the Cowboys and specifically working with the tight ends at that season. And and the Cowboys were doing incredibly well. I was just a couple of years ago or three. You, know, you can hardly remember when the Cowboys did incredibly well. They were doing incredibly well. <laughs> I mean, it was just one of their you know, one of their best recent seasons and made Prescott Rookie of the Year and Ezekiel Elliott, you know, Rookie of the Year. And uh, he was the line coach. I said, hey, how you know. Uh, Steve, how do you, you know, how do you make such a great team of guys? Because they're really the Cowboys this year. The quarterback, running back, they get all the credit, but your line are making those guys heroes. I'm thinking about Ward putting wood on the fire, putting wood on the fire. Um, and the, the linemen were putting wood on the fire. And he said, he said, my line, not my line, he said, the Dallas Cowboys offensive line clearly understands that no one player can be successful unless mm -hmm. the next Unless the, uh, unless the other four guys are successful as well. And it works for the Cowboys. It works for K-West staff. It works for any organization in the whole wide world. You can't do it without team. Mm. Joe, I'm going to bat a question back at you. So, I mean, we'll make some assumptions just in, you know, where a lot of organizations and companies go wrong. But if you're going to coach up a leader of an organization on how to start honoring their people, what are the first couple things you'd tell them to do? Learn their name. <laughs> uh, Dale Carney used to say a person's name is the sweetest word in the English language. It's mm. one of our core values at Canica. And then, as Ward said about my dad, uh, just from the very first handshake, I mean, it, it doesn't take rocket science to make a man feel valued or a woman feel valued. I was just counseling a couple who are about to get married. We were talking about how to value your wife, how to value your husband, how to value every word that comes out of their mouth. And if you do it with the little things, as Ward said, you know, my wife speaks an idea to me or a thought to me, why well, need to listen to the, her? And I need to discern, you know, there's something, even though it's not what I was thinking, she can see it differently and more uniquely, and there's, there's value in that. So I shake a man's hand, well, look him in the eyes. I mean, you think mm. that's small, but that's, and then, I, and, then, and, and then I begin to question, you know, tell me where you're from, and, and what's that like for you? And, and what do you, as Ward said, the little cat, what do you want to do, just, just, just caring about who they are. And it doesn't take long. And all of a sudden, as words bragging on my daddy now, 40 years later, they're talking about, you may be the only person that's ever really, really cared about that man or woman on your team they've ever had. You mm -hmm. may be the only person who's really seen value in that person and, and um, brought out that value. Well, we're made to know and be known. I mean, that's innately wired in our DNA from our Creator. And when you sense that, like the value that that breeds, and I mean, I I, I know just even as a young man coming out to work at K two, as Joe began to to get to know me, I wanted to give him more. Mm -hmm. And and what happened is that he actually learned how to use me when he got to know me. And he discovered my gifts and my passions. And then I mm -hmm. became more effective. I became a better teammate. I became uh, more valuable in the organization. And so it actually benefits the leader and the organization 
to know those people. And it's just this beautiful reciprocal relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, how in the world do we lose sight of that word? I mean, what are some of the things that, you know, for a leader that causes you to be distracted and to take your eyes off these simple things that communicate value to your people? Well, I, I just want to go back just to what Joe said there a second ago, just that the, the people are important and, and good leaders know their, their people. Good leaders know that they're uh, no the, the people that serve under good leaders. The people know that their leaders are for them and that they care about them and they really know them. Uh, a funny story from our local Chick Fil A. I was in there one day and 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 I just start talking to people. I met met one of the employees in there and and then the owner of the store, Kevin, came up to me and I said, Hey, Kevin, I just was talking with this this new employee of yours. I know this is like their first day and just. And, and and I was just explaining to him, I met him, and he, he was almost offended. He said to me, you know, I know who my employees are. I know them well. You don't need to introduce them to me. And it was a point like, I, I know that man. I respect his leadership. And mm. and I've always said, you know, through the eyes of a camp director, I tell my young leaders that are growing under me that every counselor from cabin one all the way up to cabin 12 have to know that you are for them. They have to know that you know them and that you understand them. Um, and, and there's some things, Shay, that you and I have talked about over the years. I, a couple quick things that come to my mind is just number one, I have a long-term investment and, and picture with people that I get to shepherd and manage. Even if they only work for me a week or two or three or part of the summer or for a couple years, it's a life thing for me that God is going to allow us to intersect along the, the course of our lives, and I'm going to continue to pour into them, and I want to see them developed um, and complete in Christ. So I always have a long-term vision, um, not just that this person is going to work for me for a little bit, and then they're just going to move on, and I don't have any use for them. I, I find value in the long-term vision, and and I can always learn from um, even our our new counselors. I think it's important for us to listen. I think God brings in uh, groups of people and teams, and I think there are strengths on those teams. And I always try to listen well to those um, that are around me uh, to get good counsel. In abundance of counsel, there's victory, is what Solomon says. And um, you know, I just those even keeping those two simple things in mind. I'm always coaching my team to make sure that the leaders uh, that we are going to convey, we care about you, we know you, we are for you, we have the long-term investment for you that we want to see you become a disciple maker and a leader for life, and and then we want to uh, cultivate and pour into you and give you opportunities. This is this is the other thing, give give them opportunities to shoot shots that matter. Mm-hmm. That that's one thing I wanted to say. Uh, so often we might do menial tasks as we're growing our leaders, but I want to I want to give I want to give my people the opportunity to shoot shots that matter because that's the way you learn. Funny side note on that, you know, the Last Dance series is on right now and talking about Jordan and his years in the NBA and. He is the greatest player ever to live. We can end that uh, debate right now. But, you know, six, seven championships. But there was a time um, where it came to the end of the game and he couldn't take the last shot. And there's two specific instances where two of his players, teammates, made shots because he let them take those shots. John Paxson was one and and Steve Kerr was the other. You can get on and, and you can view these things on on uh, on YouTube. They have a family-friendly version, by the way, on ESPN2. If you want to do yeah. reruns on these, they've been, yeah. they haven't been they have been on the air for a while, but 
But uh, there is a family-friendly version. I'm sure you can get yeah. it. That's my version, by the yeah. way. I don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. But but just those are the things. Knowing that that you as a leader, you your people want to know that you're for them and that you have a long-term friendship and an investment with them. And, and you're going to allow them when you get to lead them that they have the opportunity to shoot shots. And, mm. and you listen to them because they, they have they have ideas that they can contribute. Those yeah. are a couple of things personally for me. Yeah, Shay, I, if I can just, you know, um, I'm thinking about a mom, you know, who's listening um, or a dad or wife or husband or professional or, or a 16-year-old. But, um, you know, a mom... Um, what your daughter needs more from you probably than anything else in the world is is what Ward said, is when she looks in your eyes, even if you're in a period of conflict with that daughter, is that, you know, my mom is for me. You know, if I grab a 16-year-old young man at camp and I go, tell me about your dad, you know, the only thing I really want to hear about his dad is my dad's my biggest cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for a marriage, it just marriages can get so easily pulled apart because a wife doesn't believe her husband believes in her. And you can change that, uh, husbands and wives, today by beginning to let your spouse know in all kinds of ways by serving, listening, care, that, you know, that I'm, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be your biggest cheerleader. I'm going to be your biggest fan. I believe in you. Those are, Shay, those are probably four of the most valuable words in any relationship, certainly in the vocabulary of a leader. Hey, I, I believe in you, son. And that boy, can, he, he, he can reach for the stars. If he knows you believe in him, whoever's, whoever's under, your, under your leadership, that person will reach for the stars if he knows I believe in you. When I was in uh, seventh grade, this is one of my favorite stories. Um, we were up for 6.30 football practice, and I was like 98 pounds, you know, just hardly anything on my frame. I played cornerback, uh, and we had uh, the first play from scrimmage. We had a, a an enormous running back run a sweep around my corner, and I run up there, and I just cracked him, and we both fell to the ground. And I had this linebacker coach come tearing through the line. Like, I thought I was in trouble. He comes tearing through the line, and he grabs me by the face mask, and he looks me in the eyes with these crazy eyes, and he says, you're a madman. <laughs> and then he throws out his other hand, and he makes an announcement to the whole team. He says, he's a madman. <laughs> and, and when he said that, that was his way of saying, I believe in you. You weighed 225. <laughs> oh, my. I'm telling you, I could have run through a center block wall for that guy. And, and those words, how many years later I think about those, mm. it just means so much. <laughs> he was a real people guy. A people person. <laughs> um, Ward and Joe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this out on the table for both of you guys. You know, obviously, worldwide, we've walked through a massive challenge with the coronavirus pandemic. And, you know, when you find yourself in adversity, leaders uh, have their work cut out for them. What are just some, some tips or some thoughts in regard to leading well when you find yourself in uncertainty? Ward, I'm going to start with you. Well, I'll just tell you what I've done with my team, and I don't know if you can glean some things, but here are just a few suggestions. You know, number one, um, 
you know, eight weeks ago, I told my team that, that we needed to draw together as a team, that we needed to be cohesive, uh, be kind of as one unit in, in the next couple months. And I said, we need to create clarity every day. We need to be clear about what we're going to do um, when there's uncertainty. And so uh, we rallied together, and then I started back with the number one thing, remember our mission. You are called to this mission. You are the people that are called to this situation. We are here to execute um, what God has put before before us. And I think that's applicable at all level, level, levels, whether it's the family or your business or whatever. For us, it's it's you know launching next generation leaders. That's our call. That's our mission. So it was a restatement of the mission and coming back to together. And then secondly, um, I told them, we call them coaches, our leaders now, Joe, you know, we, we call them coaches. I told them coaches coach. And this is a time for coaches to step forward. And, you know, you've said this, Joe, uh, probably got this from you, but people don't follow programs, people follow people. And so this was a time for our team to step forward and coach and lead in their there are areas that they uh, had responsibility in. And, and then the third thing is that I told them that I, we're not going to operate in what ifs. Today is the day. What information we know today, we will steward that faithfully. We will execute that and, and we'll wait for the pieces to fall in. So it was really for me in the time of uncertainty was coming back and recentering before the Lord and rallying my team together to be close and then create clarity. This is our mission. This is your role. We will not operate in what ifs. We will operate in being a good steward of what we know today. So those are those are things that I've been continuing to lead in the last eight weeks. Yeah, Shay. I, again, I just echo the wisdom that I've been, you know, you and I've been getting from Ward today. Uh, you know, when the bullets are flying and whatever crisis it is, you know, you've got a physical crisis in your life, you've got a, a, a financial crisis in your life. A pandemic crisis in your life. You're in a time of marital stress. Uh, teams don't fall very easily. Individuals fall fast, but te- it's 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 hard for a team to fall. And fortunately, your question: you know, What do you do in the battle? Well, you do what we've been talking about today. You you pull together with your folks. And boy, if we've ever been talking about valuing people and seeing vision vision, vision in people, believing in you, in, you know the folks on your team. This is the time mm-hmm. when the bullets are flying that these 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 team building you know leaders are gonna are gonna stand and they're gonna do well. So if you haven't been a great team builder, uh, then this is the time to get great at valuing the individuals around you and seeing the great qualities in those individuals mm-hmm. and speaking truth into those values and you make people feel like you believe in them and you love them uh, so that the team comes together, uh, you know, like a huddle in a football field. And it doesn't matter what kind of crisis you've got. If you go into it as a team, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be standing at the end of the battle. Amen. Wow. Amen. You guys got me fired up. I'm ready to follow you. Um, Ward, I just want to thank you. I mean, know that you are revered in this place, and you are you are highly valuable. Um, as a young man, I'm one of the many hundreds, probably thousands of young men who who think about you. Like when I find myself in the battle, I think, "What would Ward do?" I really do, and um, just want to thank you for being who you are and for sharing your wisdom today with our audience. Um, Joe, I'm going to pass it over you to uh, with 
your final exhortation, and I'll tee up a little bit. What wisdom would you give to leaders as they're seeking to grow in their ability to love and shepherd people? Shay, I, you know, I, I, honestly, this has been an incredible time together, and I've, I've learned a lot, and I hope everyone listening has learned as much as I have. But I, I'm just going to skim the cr- cream off the top. You know, Ward, Ward's, Ward's, Ward's a farm boy, and, you know, when you when you got milk out of the cow, you know, you could you go get that cream off the top, and you could whip that cream, and you'd have a fine bowl of whipped cream if you had a little bit of sugar in, mm-hmm. in the country. You know what I'm talking about. We've done that as kids growing up. But I'm going to just skim the whipped cream for just a second and just, get, you know, get you to just think about what you've heard over the last 35 minutes. And, you know, you know, the first thing, don't miss it. You know, go write it down somewhere. And certainly as a leader or as a developer of leaders, write it on your heart. Uh, you know, look for the golden wheat waving in the wind. Whoever you're leading, whether he's you're in high school, he's a junior high student, or you're in college, you've got some young guys around, some high school guys, or you know your coach, or your dad, or mom, uh, you know when 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 they look into your eyes, you know you want to see, you want, they want to see somebody who can see what they're going to be. The great coach doesn't coach necessarily the seniors where well the great coach coaches the freshmen well because he can see what they're going to become see your young men see your young ladies see your children is what they can become and then they'll begin to see it in themselves and the other thing i heard from ward was speaking confidence or, or 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 putting wood on their fire so you know, if your if your child wants to be great at jump rope or or jacks or um, or you know building rockets or anything in between, uh, I love what Ward said. You know, as a leader, put wood on the fire on their fire, not my fire as a dad, not my fire, but on their fire as a young uh, aspiring leader in the family. And then and then the other thing that I would glean for this conversation. Is, is make sure that they know those people that you're leading, your children, you know, your husband, your wife, your company, uh, the, you know, boy, he looks into my eyes and he knows that I believe in him. Of all the people in his life, he looks in my eyes and he knows that I believe in him. And, I, you know, I think, Shay, if we do those things well, then we're going we're gonna to have a team with the young men, the young ladies, the family uh, that we're leading. Thanks for that encouragement, Joe. And thank you for sharing your time with us today. We hope today's conversation serves to fuel your I'm Third approach to leadership. I'd love to pray over you today. Father, we come to you and we thank you for the leaders out there uh, who love you, who serve you, and seek to invest in others. God, we believe in discipleship. And I pray, God, that you would raise up a generation that is passionate about investing in others, God. We pray blessings over our leaders today in the name of Jesus, amen. We hope today's conversation left you encouraged, strengthened, and empowered. If you haven't had a chance, please subscribe to our podcast today to stay up to date with the latest episodes. If this podcast has helped you in any way, please consider rating us, writing a review, or sharing it with others so we can continue to build you up with an I'm Third approach to marriage, family, leadership, and spiritual growth. For more information about the podcast, visit canacuckpodcast.com. And for more information about Canacuck, you can visit canacuck.com.